Hallelujah. Let's bless the Lord right now. Hallelujah. I know we had an awesome time of worship this morning, but let's just give him one more shout of praise right now. Come on. He is worthy of the glory. He's worthy of the honor. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I would just want to thank the Lord for this opportunity to be here today to share God's word. I pray that the Lord would speak today to our hearts that he would build us up, challenge us, and equip us. Amen. I thank Pastor Subash for the opportunity to share today. And we miss you, Pastor. And want to see you back soon, you and Sister Deborah. We love you. God bless you. Let's pray right now. Father, we just thank you for this time of worship. We, we thank you, Lord, that as we Break open your word today, Father. We ask that you would speak to our hearts, oh God. We know that there are so many treasures in your word, Father, too many to number, but we ask that today you would guide and direct, that you would have your way in every word spoken, that, Lord, you would speak to our hearts and guide us and lead us into your truth. In Jesus' wonderful name we pray, amen and amen. Hallelujah. Today my topic is worship in spirit and in truth. We emphasize worship here at Highland, and worship is a vital part of our life in Christ, but we just want to focus a little bit on really what it means to worship the Lord and how we need to worship the Lord and why we need to worship the Lord. The first thing we want to just focus on is worship in spirit and in truth, because that's what Jesus said to the woman at the well in Samaria, right? In John 4, 24, Jesus said, God is a spirit, and they that worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. Amen? Notice Jesus didn't say anything about the mechanics. There was no formula. He didn't say you have to shout. He didn't say you have to dance. He didn't say you have to sing. He didn't say what you have to do. But he said what the attitude of the heart needs to be, right? And that's where it begins. Worship begins in the heart. Because we can do all sorts of things, and it appears on the outside that we are worshiping. But God knows what's happening on the inside. Amen? And God calls us to worship him in spirit and in truth. So what does it mean to worship God in spirit? Well, worship, first of all, is adoration. Amen? We adore the Lord, we humble ourselves before the Lord, we honor him, and we give him reverence. Amen? Now, what is the first thing we have to do to give God honor, reverence, to bow before him, and to offer ourselves to him? The first thing we need to do is to submit to him where he calls us to receive Christ as our Lord and Savior. Why is that? Because... Our spirits, before we come to Christ, our spirit man is dead. And we need to be brought alive. Our spirit needs to be quickened because a dead spirit cannot worship God. It cannot make connection and, and, and have communion with the creator. Our spirits need to be born again. Amen? So the first thing, if we're going to worship God, the first thing we must do is come to Jesus Christ. Amen? That's what happened with Saul. We read about Saul in the book of Acts. 
He was going about persecuting the Christians. Saul was a Pharisee. He was a man of God, of the Jewish people in his day. And he thought that he was doing the right thing. He thought he was honoring God. He thought he was pleasing God. But he found out on the Damascus Road that what he was doing was not what God required. We read in the book of Acts, chapter 9, verse 6, that when Saul was confronted by the Lord Jesus on the Damascus Road, first of all, he didn't know who Jesus was. He said, who are you? And Jesus said, I am Jesus who you persecute. Amen? And Paul fell down trembling. He worshiped. Amen? He, he bowed before the Lord and he said, what wilt thou have me to do, Lord? That's what we need to ask. Before we sing any songs, before we do anything else, we need to approach the Lord with humility and say, what do you want me to do? And I don't mean good works right now because Jesus didn't, didn't, wasn't focusing on the actions at that moment. He told him to do something. He gave him an instruction that was an act of obedience. But the point of the matter is that Saul submitted his will to the will of the Lord. He stopped doing God his way. Amen. And we're going to talk a little more about that. We read also in, in uh, the book of Acts chapter 16, and we're going to talk more about that a little later, but just to focus on the Philippian jailer, amen, when, when Paul and Silas sang praises to God and everyone's bands were loose, the jailer was about to kill himself because he thought the prisoners had escaped and he would be punished and killed for that. But Paul said, don't fear, we are all here. And then the jailer said, what must I do to be saved? So that's the first question we need to ask God. What must I do to be saved? Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, is what Paul told him, and you will be saved. And he even said, your household. Now, we know that everybody has to make a personal commitment to Christ. Amen? God has no grandchildren. Amen? He has no nieces. He has no nephews. Amen. He has sons and daughters. And the way you become a son or a daughter of Christ is by personally receiving the Lord Jesus into your heart as your Lord and Savior and saying, Lord, I know that I have sinned and come short of your glory. I ask you to come into my heart to forgive me of all sin and cleanse me of all unrighteousness. And by your word and by your blood, I declare that I am in you and you are in me and I am your child. That's how we come to Jesus. But that's just the beginning. That's how you get born. But there's a whole life to live after you get born. How many know that? Amen. Hallelujah. Then you got to grow. You got to eat. Amen. You got to feast on the word of God. You got to spend time in God's presence and in prayer. Amen. So birth is just the beginning. But if you haven't been born again, you cannot worship. Okay. You must be born again. John 3, 3. Jesus told Nicodemus, verily, verily, I say unto you, except a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Amen. There's no formula, there's no good works we can do that will save us. 
You must come in at the door, as the, as the song says. And the door is low. You got to humble yourself and submit to God to come through the door. Amen? How do we worship God in truth? Now we're born again. We've been born. Amen? But now we're going to grow. We grow by submitting to God's will. Matthew 7, 21, the word of God says, Jesus said, not everyone that saith unto me, Lord, Lord, shall enter into the kingdom of heaven, but he that doeth the will of my Father which is in heaven. He that doeth the will. Once you start growing in Christ, it's time to get into God's word, study God's word, and find out what he expects of you. Not what the current society trends are, not what the latest revelation is, amen, not what the preacher on Facebook says, but the word of God, amen, because there are many false prophets gone out into the world, there are a lot of lies going forth that are mixed with the truth, and it is very subtle and deceiving, you've got to know the word of God if you want to be a worshiper, amen. Because he will instruct you in righteousness. Amen. You have to obey God if you're going to be a worshiper. 1 Samuel 15, 22, the word of God tells us. This was a situation where Saul had gone into battle. The Lord gave him instructions, told him to destroy everyone, every animal, everything. Amen. But Saul knew better. And he kept back the king, and he kept back the cattle, the best he thought, because he was going to offer them to the Lord. But here's what God said. Hath the Lord as great delight in burnt offerings and sacrifices as in obeying the voice of the Lord? Behold, to obey is better than sacrifice, and to hearken than the fat of rams. We cannot make it up on our own. We cannot decide, amen, what, ex what sacrifice is acceptable to God. We have to get into his word and find out what he wants, what he desires, and what he is calling us to do, what he's calling us to give, what he's calling us to be. Amen? People get into a lot of trouble in this very situation. They, they think that they can figure out how to please God. And then once they have figured it out, they think God has to accept it. But it doesn't work that way. Amen? We have to be obedient to the Lord. Amen? Luke 6, 46 to 49 tells us what happens when you hear the word of God and you obey it. And what happens when you don't. Amen? Jesus said, and again we read, Why call ye me Lord, Lord, and do not which the things which I say? Amen? Why do we call him Lord and we're not obeying his word? I said his word, not the current fad, not what somebody said is okay now because it's 2023 and, and things have changed. No, the word of God is still the word of God. Whoever, whosoever cometh to me and heareth my sayings and doeth them, I will show you to whom he is like. He is like a man which built a house and digged deep and laid the foundation on a rock. 
And when the flood arose, the stream beat vehemently on that house and could not shake it. For it was founded upon a rock. Is your house founded upon the rock today? Give him a shout if you know that your house is founded upon the rock. Because when the storms come, and they will come, you will lose your dearest friend. You will lose your spouse. You, will, you might lose, my God forbid, a child. Whatever happens, you might lose a job. But in Christ, the solid rock we stand, all other ground is sinking sand. Hallelujah. We need to be founded upon the rock. Things are not going to get easier. I'm sorry to say, but they're not. Look at the turmoil around the world. We thank God we could still get to church today safe. But think of the ones, my God, that are hiding in their basements and, and in, in bomb shelters, my God, and, and, and in desperate circumstances have seen their little ones killed. We pray for them today. God, we cry out, Lord, for your mercy in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. But we want to be founded upon the rock because this is what happens. Verse 49, but he that heareth and doeth not is like a man that without a foundation built a house upon the earth against which the stream did beat vehemently and immediately it fell and the ruin of that house was great. There are so many whose house is built on sand today. The sand of lies, the sand of mixed doctrine, the sand of falsehood, the sand of misplaced compassion even. We've got to say what God's word said. It's not loving somebody to, to not tell them that the bridge is out ahead of the road that they're traveling on. Some of you today that are hearing my voice, you are on a road that is leading you to destruction. And you're going on your merry way. But God wants to rescue you. Will you let him today? Will you let him bring you out of the miry clay? Will you let him set your feet on the solid rock? I beg of you today, make that choice to make Jesus the Lord of your life. If you want to worship in truth, you got to give your first and your best to God. We see that Cain, in that first recorded time when we see sacrifices being offered in the scripture, Genesis chapter 4, verse 3 to 5, Cain didn't get it right, but Abel did, and look what happened. And in the process of time, it came to pass that Cain brought of the fruit of the ground an offering to the Lord, and Abel... He also brought of the firstlings of his flock and of the fat thereof. And the Lord had respect unto Abel and to his offering. But unto Cain and to his offering, the Lord had not respect. And Cain was very wroth and his countenance fell. There is much teaching that, it, that, that, that you can get out of this passage. It's a very deep passage. But just to say, in, in a very basic sense, we need to understand that we can't just give God some of our time, our talent, whatever it is. Amen. We can't just give God some of ourselves. We've got to give him the first and the best. 
Amen. According to the scripture, the, the firstling of the flock and also the fat was significant because it, is, it was considered a choice part to sacrifice. You can't just give some. Amen. We read in Malachi about how the, the, um, the priests were offering maimed animals. They were offering blind animals on the altar and wondering why God was displeased. Amen. We need to offer our best and our first to the Lord. That's what he accepts. God does not accept every offering. If it's not done according to his pattern, if it's not done according to his instructions, amen, he is not obligated to accept it. He will lovingly correct you. And if you get it right, he will restore you. But Cain didn't get it right. The Lord gently spoke to him and said, if you offer what I want, will you not be accepted? But no, Cain still rebelled. Amen. And you can read about that in, in the rest of this chapter. And he went on to kill his brother because of his anger. That It got a hold of him. Amen. So, so that, that, that wrong pattern, amen, that unacceptable sacrifice can lead you to a bitterness towards God too. Because you're wondering, why didn't you accept my sacrifice, Lord? Well, it wasn't according to my protocol, the father said. Amen. So let us receive that correction and be restored. Amen. There's some myths about worship that I'd like to share with you today. The first myth is God accepts me as I am. Now, that might sound a little strange to you that I'm saying that that's a myth. It is true that God loves you as you are. He loves you with an everlasting love. And wherever you are, you're hearing my voice today. If you have never experienced the love of Christ, it is unlike any other. He desires to have a relationship with you. He desires that you be redeemed and come into his family at this very moment. You can pray and reach out to him right now. But let me tell you why, does, why God does not accept us as we are. We find that in the book of Romans, verses, verse three, pardon me, chapter 3 and verse 10. As it is written, there is none righteous, no, not one. What does that mean? That means that we are all born with a sin nature. And we all need to be redeemed by the blood of Jesus Christ. It doesn't mean God doesn't love us. But it means there is a wall of separation that is caused by sin. And the only thing that will break that wall is the blood of Jesus Christ applied to our hearts. As we receive his forgiveness, as we receive newness of life in him. Romans 6.23 tells us the wages of sin is death. But the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ. I implore you today, receive the gift of eternal life that the Lord offers you through Jesus Christ. But let me tell you, this gift is not automatic. You have to receive it. It's like a check. Somebody can give you a check for a million dollars. If you do not deposit it in your account, if you do not negotiate that check, it will just be a piece of paper to you. And that's why for many people, the word of God has no effect because they do not apply it. They do not receive it by faith. They do not receive the gift of salvation that Jesus has offered and they miss out. Don't miss out today. Receive the Lord. 
Myth number two, I can worship God in my own way. We talked a little bit about that. You, we must worship God according to his protocol. Amen. Again, in Malachi chapter 1, verse 6 and 8, it says, A son honors his father and a servant his master. If I then be a father, where is my honor? Are we going to give greater honor to people than we give to God? No. But we, we do exactly that when we do not give our best. And if I be a master, where is my fear, saith the Lord of hosts, unto you, O priests that despise my name? He said they despised his name. What does that mean? They trashed his name because they did not offer sacrifices according to his instructions and according to his standards. And you say, wherein have we despised thy name? And the Lord said, you offer polluted bread upon my altar. And you say, wherein have we polluted thee? God says, in that you say, the table of the Lord is contemptible. We must approach God with reverence. We have gotten so familiar with God, and it is to our detriment. He is our loving Heavenly Father, but He is the Lord of the universe. And we need to never forget that. We need to never forget to revere honor, and yes, fear the Lord. Nobody talks about fearing the Lord anymore. We need to fear the Lord just like we need to fear running into a burning building because there's a consequence when you don't fear that which should be feared. Amen? When you don't fear God, you, you, you let go of all your standards of morality. You treat people any kind of way. You don't think at all about eternity, and we need to have eternity in mind. Amen, because it's going to be a lot longer than what this life is down here. This life is this compared to eternity. And we spend so much time thinking about here and now and not preparing, amen, for the world that is to come, where God has promised us joy in his presence. Amen. But you know, we can have his presence now, right here on earth. We can have his guidance right here on earth as we enter in and worship him. Myth number three, if I sing, dance, and clap to the music, I have worshiped. Sometimes we're just going through the motions. Sometimes our minds are elsewhere. Sometimes... There's a lot of stuff in our lives that is not pleasing to God, and we know it, and we have no intention of changing. If we have not expressed love toward God, whether through a song, whether through a tithe and offering, whether, whether dancing, whether lifting of the hands, if it is not an expression of love, reverence, and adoration for God, if it is not an offering of ourselves as a living sacrifice, it is not worship. People sing Christian songs all the time, and there's no worship behind it. Amen? People, people do a lot of good things, but a lot of those good things are not God things. Because God didn't tell them to do it. Amen? Again, they're... They're making it up as they go along and thinking that they know better than God. 
Amen. That's not worship. Worship is, is offered in submission to God's will. Amen. And with the sole desire of pleasing him. If in your heart of hearts, search yourself today. If you're not concerned with obeying and pleasing God, you're not a worshiper. You're going through the motions. And God is not fooled. I might be fooled. Amen. The person next to you might be fooled, but God is not. And, and whose, whose judgment of you matters? Not mine. His. Amen. It's what he thinks. That's why, you know, there are people that are going to get to those pearly gates and he's going to say, I never knew you. But didn't we prophesy in your name? Didn't we do X, Y, Z in your name? Yeah, but I never knew you. Amen. We need to make sure that we know him and that he knows us. And if you want him to know you, if you want him to seek you, be a worshiper. Because he seeks worshipers. Myth number four. I'm not living right, but God understands. Psalm 19.14 tells us, let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in thy sight, O Lord. God calls us to holiness in our words, in our thoughts, and in our deeds. 1 Corinthians 6, 19 and 20. What? Know you not that your body is the temple of the Holy Ghost, which is in you, which you have of God, and you are not your own? For you are bought with a price. Therefore, glorify God in your body and in your spirit, which are God's. It all belongs to him. We sing that song. It all belongs to you. There's no my body, my choice in the kingdom of God. This body belongs to him. I don't get to decide what to do. He gets to decide. Amen. And if I walk out of his will, then I suffer the consequences. Amen. He will call me back. But I got to repent and go back. Amen. We are in such a state of confusion in the world today concerning what is right and what is wrong. And I will simply tell you this. You got to go to the word of God to find out what's right and what's wrong. Because otherwise you're just going to get a bunch of different people's opinions. Even the preachers will tell you this or that. This is okay. It's 2023. The world has changed. Yes, the world has changed, but God's standard has not changed. It is still the same. He has not crossed out any scriptures. Amen. People are crossing out scriptures and they're writing some new ones, but he has not crossed out any scriptures. He fulfilled some. Amen. We don't have to offer bulls and goats because he fulfilled some scriptures, but he did not change his standard. Amen. And people say, oh, I, I can't, I can't uphold that standard. Yes, you can. Because it's not you. It's Christ living in you. When Christ is living in you, 
when his spirit has control, amen, you can do all things. You can resist temptation. And remember that if you're going to resist the devil, you first have to submit to God. A lot of people can't resist the devil because they have not submitted to God. Submission comes first. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. I'm going to live the way you tell me to live because I know that I can do it by the power of your Holy Spirit living in me. I'm going to stop making excuses. Amen. If I fall down, I'm going to get up and repent and move on. But I'm not going to give up and I'm not going to stop trying to live holy. Amen. But the power doesn't come from me. It comes from the Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. Some people are, are so bound. They, some people need deliverance. Amen. They need to get free. But who the Son sets free is free indeed. Deliverance is available. Amen. Through the power of the Holy Spirit. You don't have to stay in sin. You don't have to. It is God's will that you be free and free indeed. So what hinders our worship? Guilt. Shame. The same devil that tempts you to do something knows that he can hinder your worship. And worship will knock him off of you faster than anything else. Amen? Because he can't stand it. He can't stand it when God's people get in God's presence and give the Lord everything and the Lord comes in. Amen? And that cloud fills the place where you are. The enemy can't stay there. Amen? But if he can keep you bound and keep you from lifting your voice, a lot of people feel this constriction when they try to sing. Amen. And that is the enemy trying to hold you back and shut up your praise. Amen. There might not be anything even wrong going on in your life at the moment in terms of maybe cares and concerns, maybe, you know, even anything that you know you should not be doing, but yet you feel bound. Shake that off. That is not God. Amen. I don't, I don't care how you sound. You don't need to be self-conscious. Amen. It doesn't matter if you sound good, if you look good. It doesn't matter what the person next to you is going to think. Amen. Everybody goes through struggles. We must learn to worship through the struggle. Even if we know that, that, that there are things where we need to grow, areas in our life, we still worship and we still trust God to help us to grow to the next level. Romans 7, 19, Paul said, Paul, man of God, amen, mighty man of God, I speak in tongues more than you all, amen, hallelujah, anointed, said, for the good that I would do, I do not, but the evil which I would not, that I do, even mighty men of God, mighty women of God struggle with stuff, but you keep on going and you keep on worshiping. Hallelujah. We're not going to arrive until we get to heaven. If we let the devil stop us, amen, every time something's not right, amen, we're just going to give him the victory. Again, self-consciousness. Forget about how you sound. Forget about how you look. It's you and God, even in the congregation. Just you and God. Amen. And he came to hear your voice. 
He didn't come to hear the praise team. Thank God for the praise team. We're blessed to have, to have dedicated people that lead in worship. Amen. And we thank God. But God doesn't come just to hear the praise team. He shows up to hear you. He shows up when you worship. Amen. The praise team can't do it without you. The praise team can, can, cannot worship for you. Amen. You must worship the Lord. Amen. What else hinders our worship? Fear. Unbelief. Sometimes that hinders us in our giving. Because we don't know how the bills are going to get paid. But as God leads you, amen. I mean, the Lord, the Lord, the word of God teaches us about the tithe. Let, it, let us grow in that area. Amen. Because God wants to re release finances to us. But we've got to trust him. He wants to release. There's more. He wants, he wants to give us more. He wants to entrust us with more. But we've got to be faithful stewards. Amen. He will see you through. He will see you through. Mark 12, 42, there was a widow, amen, that came to the temple. And she threw in two mites, two pennies. And Jesus saw that. He called to him his disciples and said to them, Verily I say unto you that this poor widow hath cast more in than all they which have cast into the treasury. For all they did cast in of their abundance. But she of her want did cast in all that she had, even her living. Now imagine you only got two cents. Amen. If you only have two cents, you might as well give it to the Lord. Amen. Because it's not even going to take you very far. But that's not the point. The point is some of the problem is those of us that have more than two cents have a hard time letting go. Amen. But we must trust the Lord. Amen. He is faithful. He will supply our needs and he will give more seed to the sower. That's what the word of God tells us. Amen. So let us be faithful also in our giving. Amen. Because God is faithful. Why do we need to worship the Lord? Because there is a release of God's presence, God's blessing when we worship the Lord. And that is because worship pleases him. That's the first and only most important reason to worship God, because it pleases him. Amen. We read in John 4, 23, the father seeketh such to worship him. Those that are worshiping. Again, you know, there was a book out, you know, some years ago called God Chasers. Wouldn't you rather that God come looking for you than you have to chase him? Amen. If we worship, God comes looking for us. Amen. That God is attracted by worship. He's also attracted by faith. Amen. There's a scripture that says the eyes of the Lord go forth to and fro, looking to show himself strong on behalf of those whose hearts are perfect towards him. And the word also says without faith, it is impossible to please God. So we can please God through our faith. We can please God through our worship. And don't we want to please God? Isn't that our desire to honor you? That's what we sang today. This is my desire to honor you. Right? 
Lord, with all my heart I worship you. All I have within me, I give you praise. And all that I adore is in you. Lord, I give you my heart. I give you my soul. I live for you alone. Every breath that I take, every moment I'm awake, Lord, have your way in me. Give him a shout right now. Hallelujah. Just look up to heaven. Lord, have your way in me. Hallelujah. Not my will, but yours be done. And we know that even from Old Testament days, there was a special anointing when people gathered to worship. That's why I say we've all got to worship when we come into the house of the Lord. Second Chronicles 5, 13 and 14. It came even to pass as the trumpeters and singers were as one to make one sound to be heard in praising and thanking the Lord. And when they lifted up their voice with the trumpets and the cymbals and instruments of music and praised the Lord, saying, For he is good, for his mercy endureth forever, that the house was filled with a cloud, even the house of the Lord, so that the priests could not stand to minister by reason of the cloud, for the glory of the Lord had filled the house of God. Let his glory fill this house. Let his glory, hallelujah, fill this house. My God. When you're desperate, let his glory fill your house. Hallelujah. Open up your mouth and give him praise. Hallelujah. Paul and Silas, praise at midnight. Hallelujah. Acts 16, 25. But at midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God, and the prisoners were listening to them. Suddenly there was a great earthquake, so that the foundations of the prison were shaken, and immediately all the doors were opened, and everyone's chains were loosed. Hallelujah. At midnight, worship keeps your heart and your mind focused on the Lord and off of yourself. And it keeps you encouraged in your most desperate circumstances. Worship the Lord at midnight. How many, how many have been in midnight? Show of hands. Have you been in midnight? Did you worship the Lord in the midnight? And what happened? Did he come in? Did he visit you? Hallelujah. Did he touch you? My God. And the prisoners were listening. Paul and Silas worshiped the Lord publicly and unashamedly. Worship gives you boldness in place of fear. When you are in that desperate midnight hour, fear can grip you. But when you worship the Lord and you say, God, I need you to come into this boat right now. It is sinking fast. 
Jesus come, take control. He gives you boldness in the place of fear. All of a sudden, that word will start coming to you. You'll start knowing what to do next. Because your, your ears will be open for his direction. Instead of listening to the devil and agreeing with the devil, that nothing's going to change. Amen. And that this is it. No, don't agree with the devil. There was a great earthquake. God responds miraculously to true worship. This earthquake was kind of like the one when the angel of the Lord rolled back the stone when Jesus arose. Because according to what we see in the scripture, it did not cause harm. Amen. Normally an earthquake in a prison, a lot of people would, would be killed, right? You'd expect the, the stones and the rocks to be falling on folk. But no, the prisoners said, we are all here. Paul and Silas, we are all here because the jailer was going to kill himself when those doors swung open because he figured everyone escaped. He was going to get the punishment. Paul said, don't hurt yourself. We're all here. So the jailer called for the lights. Verse 29, and he rushed in and fell trembling before Paul and Silas. He, he then brought them out and said, sirs, what must I do to be saved? Worship introduces people to Christ. Our worship, our bold, unashamed worship leads people to the Lord. Amen. And that's part of what God wants to do in this end time. Amen. God wants to use worship, true worship, to draw people that have never met Jesus to come and know him. Amen. This earthquake did not cause harm. It was a demonstration of God's power. All the doors were open and everyone's chains were loosed. So deliverance was offered to all of the prisoners, not just Paul and Silas. When you worship, it releases the power of God also for those around you. They have to believe too. They have to make a personal choice to commit themselves to the Lord, but that power becomes available to them. Amen. All that heard the word of the Lord coming forth from Paul had a choice to make. They had seen the miracle. The prison doors were open, but were they going to walk in freedom? Were they going to walk in deliverance? That was their choice to make. Amen. But the jailer made the right choice. Amen. He chose to follow Jesus. We read in the book of Acts chapter 15, verse 16 and 17. After this, I will return and will build again the tabernacle of David, which has fallen down. And I will build again the ruins thereof, and I will set it up, that the residue of men might seek after the Lord and all the Gentiles, upon whom my name is called, saith the Lord, who doeth all these things. There is a greater purpose in worship than just us. It's not just to get us through life's challenges. Amen. Worship is a part of the end time revival that God wants to bring. It is a key to it. It says here in this scripture that, that the Lord will return and build again the tabernacle of David. What is the tabernacle of David? Round the clock worship. Round the clock worship. Amen. 
God is about to do something in the lives of his people that we haven't seen before. We see the earth and the world getting crazier and crazier, but God wants to bring us up higher and higher. He wants to do things among us that we haven't seen in, in the realm of evangelism, in the realm of winning souls, the people that have been so resistant. God's going to break those walls down, but we need to worship the Lord because his presence comes in when we worship. And sometimes we're trying to fight and reason with people. And it's not even about that. It's about them seeing the Lord for themselves. Amen. And when we worship, amen, and we recognize that it's not about us, but it's about God and it's about his kingdom. Amen. He will do great and mighty things. You're going to have to get here real early to get a seat at Highland Church once God starts moving. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. No more hitting the snooze button because you'll be standing in the back. Hallelujah. God is going to draw people. Amen. And some of them are not going to act like us. They're not going to talk like us or look like us. But we're going to love them anyway, right? Amen. Because the Lord loved us. Worship is a key to corporate and national victory. We know that from the word of Lord in, uh, in the account of Gideon. Amen. Judges 7 verse 22. This is just the end of the story. You know the story. Gideon was a little fearful. God worked with him. Amen. To take care of that fear. Even let him put out a fleece and all of that. Yes, he bore, he bore with him with his insecurities and such. And the Lord lovingly leads us, takes us where we're at, and he helps us to grow. But the bottom line of the story was that the army was cut down several times. No, this is too many. This is too many. Get rid of the ones that, uh, that, that look down while they're drinking the water, et cetera, et cetera. We know the story down to 300 men, vastly, vastly outnumbered. Amen? And look how they won the battle. And 300 blew the trumpets, and the Lord set every man's sword against his fellow, even throughout all the host. The enemy turned on themselves. And that is an application for us in the spiritual as we worship the Lord, as we lift up the name of Jesus, the enemy turns on himself. He has to flee. He has to flee. Why are we putting up with him? He has to flee. And we know in, in, in the life of Joshua as well, when they circled around Jericho, amen, Joshua 6, verse 20, the people shouted when the, police, the, when the priests blew with the trumpets, and it came to pass when the people heard the sound of the trumpet. You know the story. They marched around Jericho according to God's instructions, amen. He told where the priests were going to stand, with, where this group was going to be, amen, and he put the worshipers first, amen. And we know that after they had circled around those six days, on the seventh day, they blew the trumpets. Again, obedience to God's word and instruction. Amen. Somebody didn't decide, oh, you know what? I think we should plant a bomb. I think that would work better. No, they listened to God. Amen. And the people shouted with a great shout. 
that the wall fell down flat. So the people went up into the city, every man straight before him, and they took the city. If we want to take this city, we've got to worship according to God's instruction. Amen. And, be, and, and don't get insulted because they put the other group in front of you in the line. Hallelujah. Be in your place. Amen. Humble yourself. Be where God wants you to be. Hallelujah. Oh, I didn't get the position and I should have. I'm more qualified. No. God is in control. Let's be where we need to be. Amen. Let's stand on our place, on our watch, where God has called us to be. God has a reason why he has you where he has you. He knows. He knows. Just trust him. He'll promote you in due season. Amen. You just be faithful. Let us worship the Lord in spirit and in truth. Amen. If you've never given your life to Jesus... Do it today, wherever you are, even here in this room. If you've never given your life to Jesus, truly, you may have been in church all your life. You may have done ministry activities. But, you know, if you're saying today, you know what? I really never had that experience when I, I asked Jesus to be the Lord of my life. You can do it today. I heard about a pastor's wife one time. I heard a pastor talk about... Um, his wife, after some years, she was, she was a lady, um, very upstanding lady, grew up in church and everything. But after some time, he realized that she had never had a born-again experience. And he led her to the Lord. There's no shame. There's no shame. We've all got to take that step. If you know that there are things in your life that are displeasing to God, today is the day to receive the forgiveness and the freedom that only he can give you. Today is the day. Repent because we can't, we, we, we can't be unified. Amen. We can't have the power and the anointing that God wants to give us when we tolerate stuff in, in, in our lives that, that is not according to his word. If you're feeling desperate today, if you're up against the wall and, and, and you just don't know which way to turn, if things are falling apart, Worship the Lord. Turn to him today. He can work it out. Amen. And even while he's working out, you will have his presence, which is more valuable than any situation change he can do. Amen. You don't just need your situation changed. You need the presence of God. If you feel like victory is impossible, worship the Lord. He will fight your battle and he will win. God bless you. Thanks so much for joining us today. We pray that you've been encouraged by the word of the Lord. To learn more, please visit our website, highlandny.org, or our Facebook page, Highland Church, New York. Until next time, may God richly bless you.